Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. I'm back alone again, naturally, but not completely so. We've got a short-ish new show, and then the back half of this episode, I sat down with Rachel Hoffman, CSA, who is one of the casting directors at Telsey & Company, pretty much casting every Broadway and off-Broadway show, or was casting every Broadway and off-Broadway show, as well as many of the television live musicals, movie musicals like In the Heights and more. It was a great conversation where we talk about what it's like to still be casting anything right now, how they're seeing actors, how they're finding newer talent, and more. Before we head into that and into the news, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio and back us if you can. We would very greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get into it. Strangely enough, yesterday's news cycle was dominated by award season news, which... For as much as I was complaining about award season pre-shutdown, feels pretty good right about now. First up, we already knew that this year's Outer Critics Circle Awards would be postponed in the shutdown, but on Tuesday, the organization announced it will announce honorees on May 11th with a new format. Instead of selecting traditional nominees with one winner from each category, the 2020 Outer Critics Circle Awards will celebrate up to five honorees in each of its 26 categories. They will also celebrate four honorees for the annual John Gassner Award, commemorating works by new American playwrights, and each recipient of the Gassner Award will be awarded a monetary prize. Says OCC President David Gordon, quote, the Outer Critics Circle has thought long and hard about a way to honor the nearly 200 productions that opened this year while also respecting those shows that were canceled, postponed, or forced to close shortly after opening. This format allows us to celebrate the truncated theater season and our 70th anniversary by creating a sense of communal joy at a time where we all need it most. I think this is really great. I really love this new format. And as we've talked about in the past, what is left of this award season should try and celebrate theater in the shows that opened during the past season as much as possible. Which turns out there's quite a lot of award season to be had still. Also on Tuesday, it was announced that the New York Drama Critics Circle's 85th Annual Awards will be held live today. Wednesday, April 29th at 8 p.m. as part of a special episode of the streaming series Stars in the House. Jeremy O'Harris, Brian Stokes Mitchell, John Mullaney, Heidi Schreck, and Michael Shannon will present to this year's winners, which, as already announced, include Will Arbery for Heroes of the Fourth Turning, Michael R. Jackson for A Strange Loop, David Byrne in the Broadway production of American Utopia, Deidre O'Connell for her performance of Lucas Nath's Dana H., and the New York theater community for perseverance in the face of loss during the COVID-19 pandemic. New York DCC President Adam Feldman will host the awards ceremony, which can be viewed on the Stars in the House YouTube channel, as well as the Actors Fund YouTube channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Over at the Off-Broadway Alliance, Michael Musto and the OBA's nominating committee announced the season's Off-Broadway Alliance Award nominees. The nominees in the top two categories, Best New Play and Best New Musical. For Best New Play, we have Ain't No Mo, 
Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven, Life Sucks, Make Believe, and The Confessions of Lily Dare. For Best Musical, we have A Strange Loop, Cambodian Rock Band, Emojiland, Romeo and Bernadette, A Musical Tale of Verona and Brooklyn, Sing Street, and The Secret Life of Bees. In the Best Play Revival, we have For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide, Slash When the Rainbow is Enough, Much Ado About Nothing, The Woman in Black, and Timon of Athens. And in the Best Musical Revival category, we have Baby, Little Shop of Horrors, Rock of Ages, and The Unsinkable Molly Brown. The other categories are Best Unique Theatrical Experience, Best Solo Performance, and Best Family Show, as well as some special honorees, Off-Broadway Hall of Fame inductees, which include Mark Blum, Wynne Handman, and Julia Miles, and the Friend of Off-Broadway Award, which will be going to the Drama Bookshop. The Off-Broadway Alliance Awards will be held this fall, date and location to be announced. And finally, in awards news, as we know, the Lucille Lortel Awards will be held online this year on May 3rd. As of Tuesday, though, we now have a host in Tony nominee Mario Cantone. Featured presenters for the evening will include Rachel Dratch, Jordan Fisher, Jackie Hoffman, Nathan Lane, Lynn manuel Miranda, Brian Stokes-Mitchell, Phoebe Wallerbridge, and many others. The broadcast will benefit the Actors Fund and its efforts to help those impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. You can tune in on May 3rd at 7 p.m. via lortelawards.org. Donations can be made at actorsfund.org slash lortel. I want to quickly run through some other news and recommendations to get you into your Wednesday, starting with some sad news. We didn't get to cover it in yesterday's show, but I definitely wanted to make sure to touch on it today, as we learned this week that Bernard Gersten, one of theater's silent stars, has passed away. Along with Joe Papgersten founded the Delacorte Theater in Central Park and the Public Theater, which during his tenure produced such works as That Championship Season, Hair, A Chorus Line, as well as many, many others that are now just essential to the canon. He later moved to Lincoln Center Theater as an executive producer in 1985 until he stepped down in 2013. Gersten passed away on Monday at the age of 97 years old. Not-for-profit theater in New York basically exists because of the work that Gersten and Pap did at the public and then the work that Gersten did at LCT. Uh, looking through some tributes that I saw on social media, Bart Scher called him a devoted warrior for the theater. Uh, playwright Eric Bogosian said anytime any of them needed something while working on a production, that Bernie's response was always, why not? which is exactly what you want and how you produce everything from a chorus line to for colored girls who have considered suicide. So just an immeasurable career, our thoughts are, of course, with his family. On to happier news, Theater of War Productions announced on Tuesday that it will premiere the Oedipus Project via a live Zoom presentation on May 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. The cast includes such powerhouse names as Francis McDormand, John Turturro, Oscar Isaac, Jeffrey Wright, and more. The interactive and live event builds on Theater of War Productions' tradition of presenting dramatic theatrical readings that promote positive mental health and will be, par and will be part of TOWP's broader program of digital initiatives to alleviate the mental health pressures caused by COVID-19. 
Very cool to see this. And of course, you cannot get better than those names. And finally, in the news, a huge story from the Barrington Stage Company in Massachusetts, which announced that it will produce a reduced and reprogrammed 2020 season starting in August due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. With the exception of Arthur Miller's The Price, the announced productions for the 2020 season will be postponed to 2021. That will include uh, productions of South Pacific, The Assembled Parties, Ain't Misbehavin', the Great Leap, and more. Instead, the season will now include the critically acclaimed off-Broadway solo show Harry Clark by David Kale, one-night-only concert productions by Marilyn May and Anne Hampton Calloway, as well as a performance of Eleanor, performed by Harriet Harris, and the 2020 10x10 New Play Festival. Additionally, two of BSC's venues, the St. Germain Theatre and Mr. Finn's Cabaret, will be closed for the season. All BSC performances will take place either at the Boyd Quinson main stage or at a soon-to-be-announced outdoor venue in Pittsfield. For its season, BSC will be employing new safety practices, including reducing its 520-seat main stage to one-third of its capacity, and increasing distance between rows and seats, and deep cleaning the theater after every performance. As expected, patrons will be required to wear masks. So this is very interesting. I'm I'm sure this will not be the only major theater company we see doing this, uh, to at least get some butts and seats and get actors paid. We've seen a lot of different companies' seasons either completely canceled or postponed. This might be more of the direction that we start to head in. If theaters can afford to do it, this condensed, restructured season that allow people to get in the doors, but still keeping those social distancing standards in place. Okay, on to our recommendations for the day. First up, I am legally obligated to mention Sondheim at least once per show, it seems. So thankfully, Joe Iconis and Lauren Marcus have come through for me on Broadway World's most recent living room concert. Marcus performed her rendition of Not Getting Married Today from Company, which she starred in as Amy at Barrington Stage Company. Always great. I know from following Lauren and Joe back when she was doing that show that Sondheim was a big fan of that performance. So now you get a chance to check it out as well. And I will never miss a performance of anybody, especially someone as good of a comedic actor as Lauren Marcus doing Not Getting Married Today. Also, someone we're all obligated to be talking about is the one, the only Patti Lapone, who, not a basement video this time, but she has made another appearance. This time on Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live, she talked about which actors she thinks are movie killers, what she thinks of Barbara Streisand doing a Gypsy remake, getting kicked out of Prince's Club in Minneapolis, being fired from Sunset, you know, all the usual very Patti Lapone things. So of course you must watch that. And our final recommendation I actually have not had a chance to watch yet, unfortunately. But A, it's a necessity. And B, everyone keeps telling to me to make sure I watch it. And I will. And that would be Jason Robert Brown's recent subculture residency concert, which he held via live stream to serve as a fundraiser for the downtown music venue and its staff during the shutdown. 
The stream included special guests Ariana Grande and Shoshana Bean and had performances of Brown songs such as Sanctuary, which Georgia Stitt, Susanna Brown, and Molly Kate Brown did, The Hardest Hill, which Bean performed, Brown performing I Love Betsy, which is just a song I love so much and could not tell you why. And then, of course, you have Miss Ariana Grande doing Still Hurting from the last five years. Um, Mr. James Marino thankfully texted me a tweet that JRB wrote on Tuesday, which was his text exchange with Ariana that got everything started. JRB texted to her, do you know my song Still Hurting? And she responded, am I a person? which absolutely perfect response, perfect rendition. You can check out her performance as well as the other highlights and as well as the full performance on some subcultures Vimeo channel. We'll have the links to all of that in the show notes. All right, that's all we have for this Wednesday. So thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. You can find me over at Twitter and Instagram at Ashley, and stay tuned to the rest of the episode to listen to my interview with Rachel Hoffman of Telsey and Company, where we talk about what it's currently like to cast a Broadway show and an off-Broadway show and a regional show during the shutdown. And also, if you're willing, able, and so inclined, you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or the reverse to back us. If not, then head over to your podcasting platform of choice and or Facebook to leave us some support in the form of a review. Have a great hump day, everybody. Matt's not here, so I have to do that, I guess. And we'll be back to talk with you on Thursday. So first of all, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. This is such a strange time. And one of the things I've been really interested in since it all began is if and how productions are still doing auditions for upcoming projects. So I'm really glad to have you here to cover what all is going on and not going on right now. Sure. So first off, Telsey and company covers a lot of ground on Broadway and off Broadway. Can you Give a, just for the listeners, give a condensed rundown of some of the shows you guys work on, what you were working on, what theater companies you work for off-Broadway, just to kind of understand the breadth of how involved you guys are in New York theater, and also just which ones you specifically have been working on. So, you know, our office works in a number of different mediums and on, you know, all sorts of different projects, both theatrical and film and television and commercials and voiceovers and all that too but um you know in in terms of um the the broadway stuff that is um that's been you know well now come to a little bit of a halt um right right running you know running right now we had um diana and west side story tina beetlejuice wicked hamilton come from away frozen mean girls uh I think um, Mrs. Doubtfire was in previews. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot, you know, quite a few. Um, You know, I think Flying Over Sunset was getting ready to to go into previews also. Um, You know, in terms of plays, I think Hangman is um, sadly, you know, not going to happen now, but that had been in previews. Um, And To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, And then, you know, we work on a lot of off Broadway and regional. you know, companies also, um, MCC, which is Bernie and Will, who are also casting directors, their um, theater company, mm-hmm. um, the Atlantic Theater, we do a lot of work for. 
classic stage company. They were, you know, the slated to begin rehearsals for yeah. uh, that Assassin's revival. I, know. I had tickets. <laughs> it hurts yeah, my soul. <laughs> um, I know, right? I know. Um, so there were a number of things that um, that just kind of uh, came to a screeching halt when when this all hit. We have tours. We ha- uh, we, we do a lot of casting for regional theaters. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of a little a little bit of an overview of um, of some of the things that we work on. Did you have anything that you were still in the process of casting? And as you said, you did classic stage company and ATC shows. So you had Assassins and you had the Bedwetter coming up, especially. But those were probably completely cast at this point. Was there anything? Those were cast. Yeah. Okay. The answer, to, the short answer to that is yes. There's a number <laughs> of different things that were still um, that were still in the midst of casting um, and have sort of you know switched to video to get ready for you know whatever is next, but. Um, I'm, you know, specifically responsible for MJ, the Michael Jackson thing. And we have, okay. um, we still need to find um, the our, our 10-year-old Michael for that one. So I was in the midst of a, of a search for, for that role. Um, and, you know, the Music Man uh, with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster was coming mm-hmm. up later. Um, so that one, I know they were still in the midst of casting as well. Um, a few... Other things, but um, Craig Burns was working on Kimberly Akimbo. Oh gosh, I'd have to like go back through. <laughs> no, all it's fair. I mean, there are know, so many. Was, <laughs> the truth is, everybody was in the midst of something. We do the summer yeah. casting for the Muni, um, which I right, think they're, they're yeah. at, at this moment not doing their first two shows. But I, you know, right, right they now announced we're still it hoping, was a delay. Yeah, yeah, to, to pick up and do some of them. Um, you know, I mean, in my head, I'm like that, that, um, that theater seats 15,000 people. And so you can right. safely social distance with three pe- three seats between each person right. and yeah. still be safe. <laughs> I mean, who knows, you know, I, it's, uh, like, we'll see. I guess we have to see what happens in the next, you know, in the upcoming weeks. Um, I sure hope it still goes, but I guess you never know. And everybody's, yeah. you know, doing their best to be safe and healthy, but the plays, you know, department does the casting for the Williamstown theater, uh, Williamstown theater festival, as well mm. as New York stage and film up at Vassar, um, you know, and Williamstown has moved over to the audible um, platform, which is right, really which exciting. Is very cool. Um, Love that. Yeah. 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 It's really awesome. And, you know, a lot of those summer things I think are kind of postponing until next year is what it seems to yeah. uh, come down to. And, you know, in what I'm reading, yeah. So as a bit of background context, prior to the shutdown, I mean, I know there's no typical day in casting, but what does the process <laughs> look like of casting a Broadway show or an off-Broadway show, any theatrical show for that matter? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are a lot of similarities and certainly some differences um, also, mm-hmm. you know. Um, (laughs) and, you know, plays versus musicals, well, often the musicals call for, you know, like dance calls or the singing calls, which, um, are usually, um, a little bit, uh, like bigger scale in terms of, you know, what the the space needed and, and, um, Mm -hmm. and how, and, and sometimes the length it takes to, um, to cast, but on some projects, just just even developing it starts with a reading and sometimes that's just actors around the table mm-hmm. sometimes that's actors at music stands um you know just for creative team and producers to hear it out loud 
Um, I am more often than not involved in casting projects that, you know, that keep people who are involved early on because, you know, sometimes it's been written around them or, um, or, you know, they, the writers start to write towards somebody's strengths. Um, and sure. so, you know, often, you know, the casting process begins with just people reading something out loud. Um, but in terms of, um, of then, you know, if, if we're talking about going into auditions, which is, you know, happens on almost every show as well, um, uh, you, you know, doing the calls that the union requires uh, first. And then, you know, uh, often depending on, you know, depending on, you know, the age of the characters or what the scope is of the characters, um, often we'll pre-screen actors before putting them in front of anybody on the creative team. Um, sometimes we'll bring people directly to creative team if we know and have a history with them and, and believe that they're, um, that they're appropriate for whatever role. Um, you know, I talked about dance calls a little bit previously, but uh, often there are big invited dance calls where a choreographer is there and teaching a big group of people the combination and then, you know, making a cut and narrowing down and doing another combination. Um, so it's, uh, it, you know, there's no, there's no like one set way that anything is done. You know, the, the thing that sure, certainly, yeah. um, is a common thread is, you know, doing the required, the, the, the additions that the union requires prior to anything else. Um, but what, what specifically, what does that specifically mean for the unions? Um, they, there are two different kinds of, um, of, uh, required calls for theatrical productions, um, that are, that are on an mm-hmm. equity contract. Um, one is called an equity principal audition and one is called an equity chorus call, uh, on the equity principal auditions, you know, it's, um, a certain number of days, depending on what the contract is, where, um, any union member uh, has the opportunity to come in and be seen if they feel they're appropriate for the roles that have been published or that we're searching for. Um, and then on the chorus calls, again, if they feel they're appropriate for um, either the singing ensemble or dancing ensemble, which, you know, there's not usually a difference on shows anymore. Pretty much everybody's got to be able mm. to do both. But um, then, you know, they, they have the opportunity to come in and be seen uh, for the ensemble as well. Gotcha. So, uh, I mean, the big question, how has the process shifted? I, I, I cover casting at Backstage, uh-huh. so I know, I've, I, I've at the very least, I've seen the video submission calls for Frozen from, like, Laura Wade, and you mentioned the Music Man, and MJ, which I know I've also seen calls mm-hmm. for. So I'm assuming you're not seeing anybody in person, and everything is just all self-tape right now, and also probably very scaled back in terms of, A, everything you just described, and B, everything you need to do to bring somebody into a production yeah i mean the it's it's interesting yes there there if we're looking at people right now for anything it certainly is via uh, tape or actually a, a lot a number of the shows um for williamstown had um had things set up via zoom they they continued to do auditions before oh, cool. things okay you know w- when the when the when the date was april 12th or whatever it was that first you know month of of quarantine or social distancing or whatnot when, when, you know, when we all were crossing our fingers and hoping we might be able to go back sometime in April, um, they continued their process via zoom because you can have that, 
you know, A, everybody can be there. You can have that waiting room. And then when somebody, when you're done, when, when one person has left, the next person can come in and they were very successful. Oh, that's really in, interesting. In that, yeah. you know, there are certain things that are, um, that can, you know, I don't think get in the way, but, um, you know, you need a good internet connection. And so, um, sure. that if it's not a great internet connection, there, there can be issues. Um, and then, and my guess is a lot of actors have figured this out, but, um, and, and, you know, certainly in the different, um, you know, college classes I've been, you know, zooming into to kind of give advice and, you know, see people and meet people, um, along the way here in the last month or so, um, you know, sound, figuring out how and how to deal with sound, especially if it's a singing audition, where to put like a recorded accompaniment, um, where do you put, where to put the speaker, how to make everything balanced. I think that's something that, um, that took a little getting used to, but for the most part, I would say those Zoom auditions, those kind of in-person Zoom auditions were very successful. Um, and, you know, self-taping has been a big part of our world for, um, for a while oh, yeah. now, you know, um, it, to, it's, and it's a great part of our world. It will never, I want to be clear, it will never replace, you know, for theater an in-person audition. Um, sure. you know, yeah. although you know, I want to be careful how I say this because I, I don't, I don't want mm-hmm. it to seem like I think that it, it could be better, but I think that there are, I think everybody is getting better at it is, is being forced to get better at it. And I don't just mean actors. I mean, yeah. people on oh, our yeah. end too. And how to help uh, an actor, um, h- how to help set them up for success in a self-tape. Um, it's, and so it mm. is, um, my guess is at the end of this, and I, you know, I, who knows? I think different people will have different opinions on this. My guess is at the end of this, um, you know, th- that there will be more self-taping into the future. And again, like I said, I don't think it will replace um, in-person auditions, but I think it's going to give access to um, to even more performers that we might not have immediate access to, um, you know, right I now. I was thinking about that, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just because we're being, on, on my side of things, we are being, if we haven't gotten used to it, we're being forced to get used to it. Again, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, all right, we're dealing with what no, we sure, have right now Adapting. and what we can do right now. So we are. Anyway, I, my opinion is that it will ultimately be a positive thing for, um, for actors on the stage that, you know, again, I think they'll have more access. Uh, I think it, it might ultimately save actors money in terms of, you know, now that we've figured out how to do this Zoom audition, um, you know, if an actor is out of town, you know, in the middle of, you know, rehearsing another show and aren't able to be there when the creative team is all together in a studio in New York, um, I think, you know, like you have appointments, um, I think at the end of, you know, the first two hours could be people in person. And then, you know, the last two hours could be the people out of town that were zooming in and all together to still watch. And um, I think that kind of that the conversation and the human interaction is an important part of casting um, that, you know, you don't, you wouldn't get in the self tape, but after the self tape, if I look at the self tape and say, Hmm, I want my team to see this person instead of, you know, paying $700 to fly in in a day in the middle of a week, right, we can yeah. zoom them in and, you know, and have another step in the process there. Um, and like I said, I, I, I doubt that it will ever, entirely replace um 
the in-person audition, but it will um, be a part of the future. Sure, sure. It's it's like digital theater. Is it digital theater? Isn't going to replace in person theater. It's the, the no, same process. No, I don't think so. Yeah. As much as I love all of the content that's happening, <laughs> right, and, and, and yeah. as much as I appreciate it, and am having, you know, it's a lovely distraction and a lovely way for for people to be creative and feel creative during this time, and you know, in some ways, stay connected. Although there is, I think there is, you know, the fatigue of it also that oh, sort of sets sure. in yeah. at times. Um, but I totally agree with you. I don't think it'll ever entirely replace, um, it can't replace live theater. There's nothing, there's nothing like live theater. Those of us who, you know, who do this, we do it because we love it so much and just sitting there in the theater. Yeah. It's for one, really good to hear someone be like, we're doing whatever we can to make things easier for the actors. Cause as you said, there's fatigue and I, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of performers feel really isolated now, not having work. You you talked about the access part of it and you know, zooming into these classes, which have been great. And also all of these projects that are happening, happening right now, either like living room concerts or the trickle up or theater without theater. I know there's, or I know from talking with other casting directors that discovering new talent or kind of collecting that compendium for who you want to see in future shows so much of that is getting to see people in person so are you looking at any of these digital the theatrical things that are happening right now to look for new talent are you getting new talent for from these classes that you're going into How, like where are you discovering new talent at this point i mean the answer is all of the above that's good. Um, I like know, to hear that. <laughs> with yeah, it, it really is, and it is. Um, and we've actually come up with, a, at least in our office, we've started a whole um, a whole database of people that we're meeting during this time, oh, and nice. specifically flagging them for projects in the future. Or if there's no specific project that we can think of right now, we're at least saying you know, is, is this type of person or we're, we're trying to um, categorize so that we can have this, um, this database that exists in the future, into the future um, that we can access um, when we need, let, let's say, a transgender performer or when we need somebody who, you know, is really proficient at clarinet or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> but there's certainly... Um, uh, I, I'm, we're looking for people in all sorts of different ways. And I, um, we're doing a lot of general, you know, if you come across somebody, get just getting in touch with them and then doing a zoom with them. Or, um, I, you know, I have a relationship with a lot of different colleges. I help produce showcases for, um, for about 15 different schools. And so, nice. um, I have relationships with those schools. And so I have been sort of, you know, helping, um, figure out what the next best step is for for this moment and trying to help put um, put the minds of the seniors or those that were going to be graduated from college trying to put their minds at ease about oh, what's God, going yeah. on I, it's got to feel I, I know it's it, it's just you know a shock and, um, and and sad and you know disappointing and terrifying that their college careers mm. have have ended in this way and trying just to to say to them um and to everybody like the you know I know we're all sick of hearing we're all in this together um but like <laughs> we're in the same boat there's yeah. nothing that they're missing out on in this moment 
And I can guarantee as soon as things come back, everybody's going to want to be in a room with them and be at their showcase and get to know them. Some schools are choosing to kind of put off the showcase and wait and do it in person in the fall. Some have moved to digital. Some have done something somewhere in between where, you know, here's a little teaser of our students and we look forward to seeing you um, when this is all over. But um, I certainly have, um, I've met a ton of new people and, you know, have had, have had, you know, even more time to focus on meeting those people right now. Um, and, you know, there's uh, everybody who's, you know, currently still working in my office is doing the same thing. Um, and it's in, in some ways it's exciting because it's people we might not have had, have been able to spend as much time with had yeah. we, you know, been in the midst of trying to cast all the TV shows and, and during pilot season and, the theater stuff for the summer and, and the tours and, you know, and all of that. So, but, but any medium, any possible medium is, is great right now. Yeah. It's, it's for one, really good to hear that because I mean, between that and like Jennifer Tepper calling for people to send her college showcases for like future booking at 54 below and like Laura Benanti looking for high schoolers even to send her things for sunshine songs. Like it's, as you said, I'm sure a lot of these younger performers that are just about to start their careers feel like they're missing out on something where, yeah, we are, are, are all kind of in the same boat right now where there's nothing happening, but we feel like we should be doing something, which I'm sure is also contributing to some of the fatigue of like, people feel like they have to produce when we're in the middle of a pandemic. And it might just be easier to take a breather for a minute. Right, right. I mean, I think everybody's got to do what's best for them in this moment, you know. Um, And I don't want, you know, I... I love what everybody's doing. I don't want anyone, I, I don't want anybody to feel like they have to be keeping up with the Joneses yeah. right now either. Or, you even, know? or even that they need to like get ahead. Like I, I feel like some performers yeah. feel like that, that, oh, I have to be producing work right now because other people are not producing work right now. So that will get me higher up yeah. on the ladder. I think everybody's got to take care of themselves right now. You know, well, A, take care, take care of everybody. Everybody's got to follow these, social distance guidelines and stay safe and, mm-hmm. you know, be smart. And I think that has to take precedence over everything else, because if we don't do that, it, we're going to have to wait longer before we're all back to work. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So obviously that's the first priority, but you know, I, I'm sure that this has been, you know, in, an inspiring time for some people and for some people sure. it's probably the worst time in their lives. And, you know, and sometimes simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, actors are the hardest working, you know, group of people out there in terms of they have to, you know, interview for jobs more than any other field. You know, you don't see accountants or lawyers or they get a job and they stay in the job. And sure, maybe they're looking for a new, maybe they're tired of it two years later. Or there's the next step up two years I'd later. I'd love to see an accountant self-tape. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or an accountant, let's say, I mean, if an accountant had to, you know, do 
one job and then during the time they're doing that job, which they knew would be over at a certain amount of time, then they have to be interviewing at the same time and prepping right. yeah. for another job. Nobody has to prep the way actors do either, you know. They have to learn sides and and you know, and and, and most of the time just by numbers alone, they're not gonna get the job they're interviewing for, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just I um it's it is it it takes a lot to do what they do day in and day out and um and you know I think there is I I I can't remember exactly how I got onto that but I know we were talking about like you know what's happening in the content during this time and I think yeah. you know going back to I think everybody's got to take care of themselves and if you're feeling creative awesome and if you're not it's okay and you know do what you need to do in this moment um to to get through and um and it's and you know thank god for things like the actors fund that are there to help always yes um you know and i can't wait to see you on the other side of it <laughs> for real um, yes yeah that's a lot like obviously people are handling this in their different ways and not everyone is feeling creative or on all the time i certainly am not but in almost you know most cases it feels like performers just want to be making art right now even if there's there's not going to be a shortage of work to see your talent to see it's just a matter of like when no. we'll have an in-person stage to do that yeah yeah totally I imagine that it has to be hard to plan because you don't know when these productions are going to actually be on stage and if they're going to be on stage, as we already talked about, Flying Over Sunset being delayed. We've seen Hangman canceled and there are just so many others that have been pushed back to, you know, where an actor's schedule yeah. may yeah. no longer work. Is there anything, is there anything you can even do to combat that when you're casting? Um no, you know, we're the, the the things that we're working on right now are projects that everyone is hoping um, will be able to resume, um, you know, fall or winter. Um, you know, there's nothing we're working on, with, with the exception of a few, you know, we've had a few voiceover um, jobs, which is great and fun to work on, you know, in the interim, with the exception of those, uh, of those projects, there's nothing that we're casting that's, you know, going to be happening right now or starting rehearsals until the fall um sure but yeah. uh there's nothing that would be you know live like that but um we're just we're, we're we're proceeding as we can right now you know like there's you know a few projects that are hoping hoping to rehearse starting in september or october and so for the moment we're trying to you know if there's casting left to be done on those we're trying to get that done because that's sort of all we can do at the moment. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, if things shift again, they shift again. And, um, you know, I'm sure certain things will have to be recast after this is done based on availability and yeah. um, and what other, what, what else is happening. And, um, yeah, it, this probably is a little bit uh, related to what I said previously, mm. but... Um, I, I think, you know, at least from my end and from the Kelsey end, we're doing what we can to use this time to get to know new people, use this time to um, figure out how, um, how to give more people access um, to auditions and projects, um, use this time to, you know, perfect our skills when it comes to the online stuff um, and you know, I'm I'm hoping that 
that there will be, you know, a list of positives on the other end of this um, that maybe wouldn't necessarily have happened um, if if this didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I think there will. And, it sounds like it. Just you talking about how people are yeah. seeing, like, the accessibility of it alone. Yeah. And, and I want to be careful um, that it doesn't sound like I'm, I, I, I'm aware that I, that a lot of what I'm saying comes from a, a very privileged place, you know, right now. Mm. And um, that, you know, the whole idea of access to internet and microphones and computers and oh, sure. auditions and yes. tapes, you know, all of that stuff that um, the people that I deal with every day have. And that there's a lot of people out there that don't even have that. And so um, just to be careful that I'm not, um, you know, oh, sure. that we're all keeping in mind the people um that the, the, those that are impacted in such a in such a bigger way and you know that there's probably there's I know there's a lot of us in our um, in our world who this might apply to.